Father, open our ears and open our hearts and open our eyes to the power of your word, the power of your spirit, the power of your son. I thank you, Lord. You say, blessed are your eyes for they see and blessed are your ears for they hear. For many wanted to know what you're hearing today. And you've been chosen to know these things, these mysteries of the kingdom, the mysteries of my son. You've received the power of the spirit to know all things to know who you were before you even began life and to live from that new identity. Your value, your worth is not found in yourself and your parents or your spouse or a child or a career. It is found in the Son. God, I pray that we would know who we are in you and that we would be looking in you to know who we are and to live from royalty to live from who we really are, who you called us. I am who you say I am. I am who you say you tell me I am. And so God, I pray we would believe in the words that have been written in blood. Not even in stone, but in blood now. Ingrained on our heart. The one who says you are cherished. You are mine. You are love. Stop believing the lies and stop speaking lies and confessing a lie. Confess the truth and I will bring you into the truth. Confess my words for they are spirit and life. They are truth. And so hear them today. Receive them today through the power of the Spirit that is here to set the captive free and lead the church into the fullness of glory. So, Father, we believe. Help us in our unbelief if we're struggling, but help us, God. We're crying out today, God, we haven't got it all together. We haven't. Our lives are at times all over the place, but that's okay because you are so for us and you want to bring us into health and life and vitality and freedom, and you are doing it. So, God, we grab hold of what we've got today, but we seek you for more. We are not content. And the violent, the Bible says, take the kingdom by force, which means active people of the spirit of humility, not pride, but humility. So be blessed today. Be blessed today. Have hope in you today. Have Christ in you. There is hope. If you're in a dark place, God wants to say there is hope. I am the light of the world. I came into the dark place and I shone. So receive in Jesus' name. He's a good God. Even in the trial and the tribulation, He's a good God. Let's just spend, yeah, let's just spend a minute just praising, just thanking however you do that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. You're a good God. You are a good God. No matter what we go through, you're a good God. No matter what we're going through right now, God, you're a good God. And you define these things as we turn to you, as we turn and allow you in, God. You define these things and we come to know you through the trial, through the tribulation like we can't in other things. For you are a good God and you work all things out for those who love you, for those who turn. So, Father, may we not be defined by the trial. May we not be defined by the tribulation, but may we be defined and grown by you, God. In Jesus' name we pray this morning. Thank you. You call us saints. 
saints. Woo, man. The gospel. The gospel of power. The gospel of life. The gospel that works out a salvation that's in Jesus Christ. The gospel. The good news. Not just words about a man that died, but the work of the man that died living in us. Jesus really is the gospel. He's the message of the gospel. He's the demonstration of the gospel. He is the life of the gospel. And if you know Jesus, you know the gospel. And the gospel, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because the gospel is showing me how free I am and how right I am in Christ. You see, the gospel, this is what the gospel does. It shows you how right you are. Not how wrong you are, how right you are. See, the gospel shows you your value more than it shows you your sin. See, the church has preached the gospel is all about sin, and we left out the most important part, value. And we made it all about sin instead of the value and the worth. God loved you so much, He sent His one and only Son who left perfection and came to hell. Why? To save you. That's how valuable you are to him, that he left all of beauty to come and save you. Do you know how valuable you are? Do you know how worthy you are to him? You're so worthy. Let me say that again. He left perfection. He came to hell called earth where darkness prevails and sin and destruction and evil called Mankind Lived. He said, I love you so much. Let me show you your value. Let me show you your worth. But we've taken this beautiful message and said, let me show you what a sinner you are. Let me tell you how bad you are. Let me tell you what a failure you are. Let me show you how much you haven't made it. No, let me show you how much I love you. Do you know this gospel? Or have you heard the gospel of sin, 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 sin? Is there sin? Yes, but it's the micro message. And unfortunately, what we do as people, we take the macro and we make it the micro. And we take the micro and we make it the macro. And we're focused on all the wrong things. That's why we're not in life. Because all we see is I'm a problem. 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 I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Saved by grace. Yeah, but I'm a sinner. No, you're a son. You're a saint. Before the foundations of the earth, let me show you how valuable you are to me. Before the foundations of the earth, I chose you, I called you, I said you're mine, I've adopted you into my family. Before you had a chance to screw it all up. Why? Because let me show you your value and your worth. That's what the cross is about. Do you know it? And have you received it? And are you living from it? Come on, there's only good news in God. Even what we perceive as the bad news isn't, it's good. That song, what do you focus on? The crushing or the pressing or the new wine? Where's your focus? Oh, I'm the crushing, I'm the pressing, I'm so depressing. No, yes, it's new wine. Because where there is power, there's new wine. You may have to go through a crushing. You might have to go, well, what for? For the new wine. For where there is new wine, there is new power. What for? To live this life we're called to. Lose your life to find your life. Where do you park the bus? On losing or finding? This message is so depressing. No, it ain't. 
It's amazing if you can see it, if you've seen and heard the gospel. Yes, you may have be stuck, but guess what? There's good news today. And I've come to unstuck you. Is that a word? That's the GJS version right there. I want to ask you a question. I've started already, but I need to ask you this. I need to ask you for permission for something. So depending on whether you give me a yes or no, depends on whether we go home right now. Cena's saying yes. Cool. <laughs> Ingrid's a real disciple. What's the question? <laughs> What's it going to cost? Huh? <laughs> How long will it take? Those are bad questions. Don't ask those questions, Ingrid. Here's the question. Can I speak to you as royalty? Can I speak to you as sons of royalty? Good, because I'm going to. Because what I'm about to say, I'm speaking to royalty. I'm talking to those of the word. I'm talking to those people who are saints. I'm talking to people whose identity is in Christ. It's not in the temple, okay? So the food that we need is from the eternal, not the temple. So as sons, as royalty, we need to receive a word that comes from the realm of where the sons come from. Can you hear me? I can't speak to you. If I just give you bacon and eggs and tomatoes, that is, you cannot live on bread alone. I'm not going to talk to you on temporal food. I'm going to talk to you as sons of royalty of Christ, which means you need ears to hear what I'm about to say of the Spirit. Don't try to listen and hear me from the temporal. I'm not talking about bacon and eggs today. If you try and listen to me through bacon and eggs, all you're going to get is bacon and eggs. So you need ears to hear from the eternal realm what I'm saying. Otherwise, you will never understand it. So don't try to understand me through temporal ears today. Why? Because you will miss what I'm saying. You will hear something completely different, and we won't be one. And you'll walk away here probably confused. If you try to understand what I'm saying today and what we've been saying through your mind first, you're going backwards before you've started. The mind is not the place of understanding first. It is not. Jesus goes to great lengths to tell you this in himself. Okay? The flesh profits nothing. Understanding in the, in the mind without the spirit means nada, nothing, confusion. Jesus said in John 8, 43, you don't fundamentally, I added that bit, you don't fundamentally understand what I am saying because you cannot fundamentally hear the word. Because the word requires spiritual ears to hear the word. If you can't hear it, you'll be confused. I don't know what that was about. That was boring. Anyway, what? that was just a waste of an hour. No, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. Come taste and see. The food was delivered, but you missed the food because you didn't have ears to hear the food. And it's all contained in the gospel. I'm going to ask us questions today like this. What gospel did you receive? So we've been talking about the eternal word that builds Christ in us, the hope of glory. Yes, it's an eternal word. It's not a temple. It's not a bacon and eggs word. I love bacon and eggs. They're beautiful, especially on Father's Day. We went for, we went for brunch yesterday to celebrate that because we knew we were going to be here. We've got a crazy day. So we went yesterday. It's awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love bacon and eggs, but that's not going to fill me in the spirit. 
That stuff's not going to build my spirit, man. That stuff's not going to renew my mind. It's the eternal word that builds Christ in us, okay? And that comes from an invisible realm called the spirit of the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, you need ears and eyes to hear and see it if you're going to be built on the eternal word. So the gospel that you're going to hear today is an eternal gospel. What gospel did you receive? What gospel are you receiving? How do you receive it? How are you receiving it? Because all these things go into whether that will be your reality or not. This will go into whether Christ is built in you, the abiding life in you, the indwelling life in you, or not. This will determine whether you're an empty vessel, always grappling for promises, trying to activate life through promises, or whether the abiding Christ is in you and the life just comes out of you because the Christ is in you. You're no longer trying to activate principles you're in personhood life because you've heard the eternal word, Christ, received it through the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's changed you. The Bible says it's a word implanted in you that saves your soul. It changes your mind, your will, and your emotion. You're now full of a substance that you weren't full of before you entered because you've heard Can I still talk to you as son? Great. You just gave me the license. Okay? Who do the people say that I am? Who do you say I am to you? You're giving me license to be who I am in Christ right now. Okay? Good. <laughs> Let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 20. There's no opposition in the spirit, is there, Ingrid? Not at all. There's only opposition in flesh and spirit. See? So if you ever find yourself getting upset or angry, you need to ask yourself, are you in the flesh or the spirit? Anger is not a fruit of the spirit. It's a deed of the flesh. So if you ever find yourself getting worked up, it's because it's the flesh manifesting. doesn't matter what it is. It's the flesh manifesting. It's not a fruit of God. So you have to go, not your identity, but it's a behavior. Why is this anger rising up? Probably because I'm not getting either what I want, or my expectation has been missed, or the person said something I didn't like. But when your identity isn't in any of those things, and in Him, you go, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. See the opposite spirit that's empowered and enabled to live differently to the spirit coming at you? Why is that? Because you've got the eternal word. You've heard the eternal word. You've heard the word of God. You've heard the true gospel that sets the captive free. You know how right you are in God. And if there was one man that should have been shameful, it was Paul. But he wasn't. Why? Have you ever asked yourself why the one man who should carry the most shame as a Christian didn't? Think about it. He's killing the church in the name of God. He's persecuting God's people in the name of God. He's getting it so wrong. But grace, which is power, was covering him. Do you know grace that's power is covering you? Not for the purpose of keeping you where you're at, for the purpose of propelling you into truth. Let me just read you this one statement before we go to Peter about grace. Grace empowers us to live out 
what truth calls us to. Grace empowers us to live out what truth calls us to. Grace that's not doing that is demonic. We've butchered this so bad. We've gone, oh, I'm saved by grace so I can live as I always lived and justify my behavior. Because God loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. Uh Uh-uh. Grace is there to empower you out of, into. Out of Egypt, into the promised land. That's grace. Grace isn't just a covering. Grace is a power. Now, there is a covering. Hear what I'm saying? But true grace is power to propel you and I into life. Let me just read this in relation to grace. The grace that saves us is the grace that sustains us. The grace that saves us is the grace that sustains us. So what gospel did you receive? How are you receiving the gospel? What we're going to look at today is the difference between words and work, meaning works, the work of the gospel, not the words of the gospel. They're very different, but they sound the same. And we need to receive the works. 1 Peter 1, 22. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. This is what grace enables. True grace. Power. Since you have, you have, in obedience to the truth. You have in obedience to the truth. So you're living it out. It's a demonstration. He's seeing it in their lives. They're living out the truth in obedience to it. Purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Let me give you a new command. Love one another as the Christ loves you today. Woo! See what grace enables? See what grace empowers? The ability to live a human like God loves that human. With a love that's patient, kind, gentle, holds no wrongs, bears all things, endures all things, believes all things. Says this, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. They haven't yet come into the truth to realize who they are in you. So they can't live from their identity. They live in their slavehood, not their sonship. Because I'm a son and I can see someone who's supposed to be living like a son, who is a son in the sense from your eyes, but not living as a son, they live as a slave, I can love on that orphan who doesn't know you or doesn't know who they are in you. I don't hold their offense. I love on them so they can discover who they are in you. The church is called to live like that. That is just standard Christianity. Okay? That is not special Christianity for special people. That is normal Christianity. Just think, man, I want the gospel. Do you want the gospel? Do you want the gospel that you can receive something that enables you to live like that? Well, then we have to deliver it, don't we? We can't deliver baked beans. We can't deliver your porridge. We can't deliver things that tickle the intellect. You've got to hear the gospel. You've got to hear the truth that has the potential to attract you but repel you. Because if your flesh is living, the gospel, the true gospel, will, ref- will repel your flesh. 
you won't be able to sit here. You'll be like, you feel uncomfortable. It feels a bit... Because your flesh is squirming because the gospel, the truth is being preached. What for though? Not to push you, it's to actually set you free of your flesh. See, the truth comes to release you of the flesh and get you into the spirit. That's what the cross does. That's why Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is the message. Jesus comes and he says, come to me because I'm going to set you free from you. But the flesh wants its own life. And the mindset of the flesh goes, no. But what am I going to lose? Nothing. You're going to gain it all. Certainly there must be some loss. No, nothing worth valuable anyway. The only thing you're going to lose is what's killing you. Because I came to set the captive free. I left heaven and came to earth to bring you into heaven people on the earth. As it is in heaven, it's to be in your heart and mind. That's the kingdom message. Seek first that message, isn't it? Do you really know what I just said, though, in the fullness of what I said? See, what's the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So what's in heaven is perfection, isn't it? Okay, so in heaven on earth. Where is the kingdom of God now? Where? Okay, so he wants perfection in you. That's what he's saying. But we've limited to this, signs and wonders, bit of preaching the gospel to see lost people saved. No, he wants literally perfection. Be perfect like your heavenly father is perfect, Matthew 5. He wants perfection in you. Maturity in you now, today. How long have we been walking with the Lord? 30 years. Come on, man. You should be perfected by now. At least be murdered on the journey than someone that's five. Why? Because you're receiving the gospel, the good news. It's not just about Jesus dying. It's the entire whole purpose of God. It's the gospel. And we've literally limited this gospel down to a crumb. And everyone's fighting over a crumb. He's going to get your head up. Let's set your mind on the things above and have ears to hear a word that will build a life that enables you to fulfill what's written about you before the foundations of the earth. For I have spoken it, I have written it, and it is yours to be realized. We're called children of God, not children of lack, children of God. But you've got to believe. You've got to believe the crazy man. You've got to believe the John the Baptists that are out there, man. They don't come in the flash clothes. They come in camel hair. They eat funny stuff. They don't look like the system. They don't look like the institution, but they got the word. They got the word, but those of the flesh can't hear them. It's those who have humility to hear them. They come in a manger. They come like donkeys. They don't look the part that the institution and the institution go, hey, go over there and find out who they are because they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. Doesn't come in the form of what we want with all the glitz and the glamour and the lights and the easy. That ain't the gospel. That's the false gospel. That's the other Jesus. See, it's the other Jesus. It doesn't say Muhammad or Buddha or this or that. It says another Jesus. If another spirit, another Jesus comes, it's like Jesus, but it ain't him. It's using his names and his words, but it's not him. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo-hoo. Man, you know, Steve said, man, there was going to be an acceleration. You feeling it? I'm in it. Are you in it? Is it in you? 
You feel your inner world accelerating. It's like getting quicker and quicker. It's not external. It's internal. Perfect. Remember? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Make the church perfect. What, through God, their own ability? No. Their own strength? No. You come to me with nothing. Lord, I came here with nothing, but all that you've given me. Jesus, make new wine out of me. Who's doing the making? Jesus. Who's doing the building? Jesus. So why are we trying? (laughs) Stop! It's like the stop sign down the end of the road that no one follows. Stop! It's a stop sign. Oh, they're not supposed to give way. No. It's a stop sign. He says, stop. Learn from me. Woo-wee. Look at that. Let's go verse 23. You ready? For, for you have been born again. You've been born again? Yes. Been born again. Not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. You're born of seed that's imperishable, not temporal. Imperishable, that is through the living and enduring Word of God. Born again to an imperishable, indestructible seed that no one can rob and take, the gospel. You can't take Jesus away from me. You can't take joy and hope and peace away from me. Why? Because it's not in the temple. You don't have the power to take the imperishable seed away from me. It'll last forever. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but the Word of God doesn't pass away at all. Why? Because it's imperishable. It's greater than gold. And it never runs out, and it never runs dry. And there's an abundance for everybody, 10 times over. It's called the gospel. How have you heard it? How have you received it? Listen to this, verse 24. For all flesh is like grass. And all its, meaning the flesh's glory, like the flower of grass, the grass withers and the flower falls off. But the word of the Lord, say it with me, endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. This is the word that is being preached to you right now. I told you I'm going to preach to you as sons of royalty of the King of kings, the Lord of lords, your subjects of Almighty God. And He, before the beginning of the foundation, mapped out your life and said, you have been chosen to be mine. You have been granted to know all the mysteries of my heart and to receive it and to live. You have been called to be the vessels of glory that is so different from the people of the world that the people of the world look to you and can't figure you out. But they will ask because you're a letter that they read. Because the eternal word which you're hearing and continue to hear and receive is building you into a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives like God. Not God's, but you're like God. Christ. You're Christians. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) James 1.21, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. 
Just before that, it's why it says, be quick to hear and slow to give your opinion. Be quick to hear an eternal word that requires eternal ears, to hear a word, a substance, which is not English, it's not Hebrew, it's not Greek, it's not Aramaic, it is spirit. And you need to hear ears that hear, spiritual ears to hear a frequency that the word travels on, that your ears tune into, and you go, wow, you can't understand what I'm saying, he said, because you cannot hear my word. He's talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the religious people that wouldn't receive John the, mess, John the Baptist's message. But then he speaks to the church, and he says, I've given you ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to receive the word. What is it going to do? Well, it tells you it's going to save my soul. It's going to save my stinking mind that keeps telling me I'm nothing when I'm somebody. The mind that says you're not good enough. The mind that says, no, yes, but whatever. No, it's going to renew that. So you never have that thought again. See, a renewed mind is a renewed mind. It doesn't struggle with what it used to struggle with because it doesn't think like it used to think. What about emotions? We're so led by our emotions. Oh, I feel bad today. Oh, I think I'll be this. I feel bad. I feel, I feel, I feel. Feelings are good when they're defined by truth. But if they're defined by your emotions, you're in trouble. Because Jesus says you're going to have hard times. But I've given you my word that you would be an overcomer. But if you just rest on your feelings, if your feelings lead Christian, you're doomed. You're loved. And you're saved, but you're never going to come into perfection. Why? Because your feelings go up, down, around the place, don't they? If Danny and I rested on our feelings, we'd be divorced by now. Anyone else? All the honest people, all the heathens that still haven't figured it out. Hey, Rodney, we don't have conflict. <laughs> I'm just having a low, I love, uh, you, they, those guys I know love, love those guys. It's my Liverpool humor that still needs to be bound by the Spirit. <laughs> Save your soul. Your mind, what about your will? Are you still trying to live? Are you still trying to be a Christian? Or are you just being one? Are you trying to figure it all out through the mind, going round and round and round and round and getting nowhere apart from frustrated and disillusioned? See, it's called the operating system of the world, the flesh, which can be in us because we are of it. So he came to save us from it and bring us into his kingdom. But his kingdom is in our heart and in our mind. So he comes to bring perfection in our heart and our mind. Why? So we can live out the kingdom life. Walk as a son in the kingdom. Hear from the kingdom. See from the kingdom. But it's an invisible realm, but it's seen for those of the kingdom. So you eat and partake of rivers of living water, and they are in you, so they come out of you. Why, Greg? Because you're receiving the gospel, the way the gospel was intended to be received. It's very, very accurate in what it does. We need to hear a word that builds us spiritually, not one that tickles our intellect or makes us feel good, but leaves us unchanged. A word that leaves you unchanged may not be the word, or you don't have the ability to hear it yet. 
So the Word of God changes people, doesn't it? Three people agree with me. <laughs> love changes everything. Well, love is God. God is the Word. So however you want to word it, God changes people. So if I'm constantly receiving God, the Word, am I going to be changed? If I'm not being changed, then the, my outcome is either the Word is still going to work in me and I haven't yet experienced the change, or I'm not receiving the Word. So if we were to take ourselves over a period of time, I'm not talking about a day, but over a period of time, and go, you know what, I'm really not that much different to what I was when I said, yes, Lord, come into my life, then there's a real problem. There's a problem. You're not the problem, but the way you're trying to come into life is the problem. Can you understand the difference? It's like we are royalty, but our behavior at times doesn't live royalty. But we don't look at the behavior and go, you're the behavior. No, no, I'm a son who's trying to discover who I am as a son, and my behavior doesn't align to that, but I want it to. So, Father, I repent of my behavior. I repent of the anger. I repent of what is like, I repent of that. And, Lord, show me so I can live as who I really am. Matthew 13, 23, and the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it. There's that word here again, the word, the eternal word, and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. So there's a seed that goes out called the Word of God, the eternal Word of God that has a heartbeat. It's living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It comes out of the mouth of someone or it comes directly from the Spirit itself. But those two words are to be one. So what a man speaks to what the Spirit speaks should be identical. If they're not, don't listen to the man. The Spirit will always tell you the truth. The man might necessarily speak you the truth because he might be in his own version of what he's reading, mm. not the version of God's version because he hasn't spent the time with God to get a revealed word from heaven who hasn't waited on the Lord, had it revealed in him first before he opens his mouth and speaks. Yeah. So a word that's spoken must be a revealed word because mm. the revealed word has the power on it. Let me tell you about a true testimony of what Jesus is doing in me first before I tell you about an abstract concept that, yes, the Holy Spirit can anoint, but come on, give me a real word. The Holy Spirit waits for someone to speak with a revealed word, a powerful word, a word that has gone to work on the inside of that person and has brought them into life. Then he waits and said, when that word is spoken, then the Spirit of God is waiting, hovering. Remember two weeks ago? waiting to activate that word in the soil, in the heart of all those who are hearing. So what's your soil like? How hard is it? Is it fertile? You see, it's only the fertile soil that's able to hear this invisible word. A hardened soil can't hear it. Why? Because it drops and it just bounces off. 
because it doesn't have the ability. It's got the ability in the Spirit, but it hasn't learned from Jesus. It's only come to Jesus to heal, but it hasn't learned from Jesus. So because it's not learning, it's not in the way of Jesus, so it struggles to hear the Word of Jesus. But the man who hears the Word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth. So the seed goes out, but then in time the seed brings forth fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, to which there are no law. Is that your reality? It's to be our reality. See why we need to hear the gospel? Guys, the gospel does what it says it does. And God is apprehending the church. He's been apprehending this church for 10 years, but he's out and they go, I want my church back. I'm sick and tired of people that turn up, sing songs and leave unchanged. I'm sick and tired of all the play acting that goes on. I want the real thing. Why? Because I died for the real thing, Greg. I died that my people would experience the real stuff, not the counterfeit, not the, not the religion, not the institution, not the going through all the motions and the practices and seeing some things, but never coming into true eternal life. That's what my word does. It builds my church. And I'm not talking about putting people on bums, on seats. I'm talking about true building. So then you can live like Jesus lived. That's the standard. If you want to measure yourself by something, measure it by the Word of God, not yourself, because you will always kid yourself. And you will always compare yourself to someone else. So you will go, well, compared to Danny, I'm doing okay. Or she will say, compared to Greg, I'm doing okay, but I'm not the standard, and she's not the standard. He's the standard. So when you look and you go, ho, (laughs) but then I look at the potential. I don't look at the problem. I look at the promise. Why? Because I hear the gospel that says, you want it all, son? If you lay your life down, I've come to give it all. If your heart's right. See, it doesn't put me off. It inspires me. I want that, man. Why? Because the true gospel, like Mel preached the other week, does not leave you feeling heavy. If it's leaving you feeling heavy, it ain't the gospel. It's another form, or it's how you're hearing it. But the gospel is light, easy, transformative, and powerful. And it does what it says it does. And it performs and produces the work it says it does, which the Scriptures say. Do you know what it says? It says, if you don't understand fundamentally the parable of the kingdom of the soil, you'll miss it all. You won't understand anything of the kingdom. You'll only have John the Baptist message, repentance of sin. But that was the first message. If you don't get the parable of the message of the sower, you will not understand any parable, which is the kingdom parable, which is what? Perfection in you. You will only ever be saved from your sin, but you will never know your value. You will never know truly what I've called you to, which is an overcomer. Not overcome by the world, we overcome by faith in the Son. Every trial, every tribulation, I don't care what it is, 
When we're growing in Christ, we look at it and we go, momentary light affliction compared to the eternal weight of glory. Man, I've got something I'm comparing that to, and it's nothing. Cancer is nothing compared to the glory of God that's being formed in me. Cancer might even take me out. Who cares, really? Because where I'm going is glorious. We spend so much time focusing on the wrong stuff. Trying to keep this life alive that should have been dead at your baptism. Paul said, man, I do not consider my life any worth. Why? So I can finish the race. If you love your life, man, you're never going to finish the race. And please do not incorporate Jesus into your life. That is not the gospel either. It is a gospel out there saying this. Jesus come and make all your life good and tag him on as a handbag. It's called incorporating him in. You only want him when you want something from him or when life sucks. That is not the gospel. The gospel of Jesus is this. Jesus wants your entire life. He wants to be the source of your life. He's going to change your entire life. You can't add him on like a handbag or a man wallet or whatever. Don't treat him like a whore. That's what we do. We pay him tips. If you do this, I'll do this. It's called adultery, guys. Pay the ferryman to get to the other side. He wants to be your life. It's called the gospel. And if you're incorporating him today, repent. Get on your face and start crying out and say, God, I'm not sorry. I want to repent. I want to be broken of the spirit of flesh that still manifests in me. I'm bound. I'm controlled by it. I can't set myself free from it because I'm worthless. I'm punished to set this thing. It's got me. But the true gospel can break the power of it off my life. So, Father, I cry out for the truth that sets the captive free. Man's version of God's word won't cut it. Your version of the gospel won't cut it. It'll just build a false reality you'll live your whole life by. And I say that in love, guys. It's not a natural word that our natural minds hear and understand. Man's nicely articulated persuasive words won't cut it. Only a revealed eternal word will do. We were having this conversation at, at elders, and I can hope I can give this the clarity that I really want to get it because Chris and I were having this great discussion over something I was trying to get out. And I think it was partly my words and we were just trying to wrap it with stuff. But I said this, I said, if there was one person that really should have get it to the fullness of what it was, if there was one person that was really going to get it more than others, that was going to understand who Jesus was. Because as we see through the scripture, people didn't have a clue, did he? It was read this morning at pre-service prayer by Amanda that Jesus came and his own people didn't get him. The light shone in the darkness and the people he came for first as first fruits, which were the Jews, they didn't get it. Imagine turning up and no one getting who you are. And you're there to save people and you're there to help them, but they haven't got a clue who you are. Then they try and kill you because they don't get who you are. Because what you say doesn't go well with their flesh. But you're here to love on them and here to help them come into life. But they persecute you and kill you. <laughs> That's the gospel. Is that your gospel? 
The people you love will kill you. My gospel. People that you serve will kill you, walk away from you, reject you, misunderstand you, lie about you, say all things behind your back about you. Is that your gospel? That's the gospel. It says, in fact, if you're not in that, you're not in the gospel. It says, those that live godly will be persecuted. There's a promise that's a yes and an amen. See, we love all the promises that go this, this, and this, which is fair, but what about that promise? Here's a promise, you'll be persecuted for your faith. And if you're not, then you're obviously not living a godly life, because if you're in the truth, you're going to upset somebody. <laughs> Jesus upset me. <laughs> Does he upset you? He really upsets me. He upset me in Cambodia. When I'm leaving the restaurant on the conversation, Danielle and I have the spirit-filled, life-filled conversation. We're the first one that signed up for the conflict, by the way. Get our name down on that sheet. We'll pay 20 bucks more. So we were having a conversation, and she said something. And before I knew it, I was down the elevator, out the door, in a tuk-tuk, back to the hotel going, I'm sick of this. I'm sick and tired of the same thing coming up in our marriage. You know what he said for me? Greg, I'm sick and tired of the things that you used to come up in your life all the time when you said you would do this, and you never did it. No, no, we're not having that conversation. The conversation is this. My wife said something that she shouldn't have said, and I got annoyed, and I'm justified in that. Yeah, no, it doesn't go like this. I know you want to make it about her. I'm dealing with her. Yes, that's an issue, but I'm dealing with that behavior. But don't look at her behavior. See who she is in me. But it's about you and me right now because you didn't have enough love in you to love on what was coming at you. In that moment, in that second, son, you couldn't be me. I wouldn't have jumped away and took off on a tuk-tuk. I might have said, <laughs> he would have flown. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You would have been back at the hotel before I was. <laughs> Bing. He said, maybe I wouldn't have had the conversation. Maybe I would have said something like this. We need to talk about this later. Maybe I just would have got up and walked away and had a look at the view with everyone else. But I wouldn't have walked away and I wouldn't have gone on a tuk-tuk. Why? Because love doesn't go anywhere. It stays. So I'm getting a rebuke in the tuk-tuk <laughs> while the texts are flooding from Rodney. Hey, bro, you okay, mate? You want to come back? And then, no, no, no. And God's speaking to me. We're having this 10-way conversation in the tuk-tuk. I don't know what Paul I was thinking. I'm a tuk-tuk driver. <laughs> but the point is this. He said to me, son, it's about you and me. Don't look at another person. It's about you and me. You didn't have enough of me. Don't ever start pointing fingers. As soon as you start pointing fingers, I'll point a finger at you. And he always takes me back to that place. He reminds me. You see that in the word, eh? Let me remind you of where you once were and the words that you said and the promises you made to me. Let me just take you back right there. <laughs> I'm getting this. You know what it does? It keeps you in alignment and it keeps you humble. And it's so beautiful when God rebukes you like that. Because he does it with a spirit of gentleness and kindness, and he elevates you. You never leave feeling small. You only leave feeling told off, but from love that you want to put it right. 
Now that took about another eight hours, didn't it? But we got there. Just good things take time. Just being honest. How did I get onto that? Who was going to know? That's right. I mean, how does that connect with that? But it does because he's speaking. So who was the one person that you think would have known who he really was? Who do you think? No, not Paul. His mum. Ladies, have you given birth to a child? Oh, yeah. You remember that, don't you? You remember the experience, and if you've had more than one, you're probably mooring it a lot, and you remember the, the whole intent. You remember she's spoken over, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the son most high. This is not something that's going to happen in the natural. This is supernatural. You're going to be impregnated with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You think him, his mum would have been the one person that really understood who he was, but no, not even his mum got it. Can you see how important the eternal word is? That you all, we all need to bring us into the true life that is in Christ. Because his mum and those that walk with him closely still went, who are you? Because they hadn't yet been baptized in the power of the Spirit. They hadn't yet been set free. The word, the power of God hadn't yet come in Acts and open their eyes to see, and open their mind to hear Him. So they're doing crazy stuff, getting a little bit right, but they still didn't know who He was. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, man. Come on, show us the Father. (laughs) He says, how long have I been with you, and you still don't know, Gnosko, who I am? He says the same thing today. This is not a message of 2,000 years. This is a message in 2018, 2nd of September, at the rock. The rock is speaking through a vessel. All right, I better move, eh? Let's just go to 1 Thessalonians. You got about another five, ten minutes in us? You know what? Here's here's the new standard. You know, can can we have a bit of a fun? We can. We are. <laughs> okay, you, you told me you were sons, yeah? So there's only one dude that fell out the window, and they were speaking all night. <laughs> See how sons go the whole night listening to the Word of God? And only one fell out the window, and even that guy got raised back again so he could listen again. <laughs> See, John 3 says this. The Father gives the Spirit without limit, and he gives this in the context of the Son. So the Son was sent to proclaim, and there was an unlimited capacity in the Son. He doesn't give the Spirit without any limit. So the Spirit, there's an untold capacity that's to be in us because the Spirit of God is living in us, which means we can continue to hear all day long, and time just evaporates. And you look and you go, wow. Because the word was being spoken and we were hearing the word, five hours went by, felt like five minutes. Do you know when it becomes long? When you're trying to hear through your flesh. And you go, this is what we say. You've got about a seven-minute window to capture all the people that can only listen for seven minutes. That's worldly. That's a world standard. We buy into it. And we say this, you better have some visuals. You better have some visuals because we can't concentrate for longer than 
seven minutes, we haven't got a visual. And you better have a really story that tickles people's ears because we love the stories that tickle our flesh. You know, they didn't have PowerPoints and <laughs> bands and everything of lights to titivate your flesh. They just had the Word. I don't see Jesus walking around with a 10-piece band. He had the Word. He was the Word. And that was enough. Yeah, but they made all funny sounds. <laughs> that was enough. Why? Because sons have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And sons continuously have a capacity to hear more and more and more and more. And although John says in John 6.35, if you come to me, you'll never be hungry. And if you believe in me, you're never thirsty. You become hungrier and thirstier the more you get. And because it's about a capacity of the Spirit, which holds no boundaries, for I don't give joy, peace, and patience without any law, your Spirit's able to continually to receive and receive and receive and receive. So you can be 40 days fasting in a wilderness and not be hungry and then come out and when the enemy tries to tempt you to turn stones to bread you don't need to because you've got a capacity in you that trumps your natural hunger so you don't go against the will of God where the enemy's trying to get you to go against the God and work to your flesh because he goes he comes out hungry so the enemy says hey take the stones and turn them into bread because I know you're God but he challenges his identity to try and make him do it he goes I don't need to do that because man don't live on bread alone. He lives on the eternal word. See how amazing it is when you get the eternal word and you, how it trumps your physical state. You hearing what I'm saying? Your physical desires, your flesh desires that need to be quenched by the flesh get nailed. And you have a capacity in the spirit to just go, no. Nada, no not going to go against my father's will. That's what the enemy was trying to get him to do. Do you realize that? Yeah. You can do this. So I challenge your identity. I know you can't. He's crafty, man. He knows exactly what he can and can't do, but he tries to get him to do his own will over his father's will. In your name, we laid hands on six people. Yeah, the problem was it wasn't my will. Why? Because you weren't receiving the gospel. You received another gospel and you took off. So listen to this in 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. For our gospel, this is Paul. He's not saying the Lord's gospel. He's saying the gospel that I received, which is the Lord's gospel. He's not separating them out, okay? So he's identifying himself with the Lord's gospel. It's the same gospel that he preached. Our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Woo, is that how you're receiving the gospel? In those four elements, in word, power, Holy Spirit, full conviction. Do you know what belief is? Belief is to be fully convinced in what you believe. The gospel received the power of the gospel that's spoken through the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit grabs it, does a word, it comes through words, and then it's 
bang, into the substance, into the source, into the soil that's waiting for the Word, that's going to build it to bring life. There's a full conviction of what was heard, and a full conviction of what heard turns a person and points them in a whole different direction to life. When I received the revelation of the Bride of Christ, it wasn't just, oh, that's a nice message. It didn't just tickle my ears and went, oh yeah, and life continues. It changed this entire church. It's changed the entire direction. It changed the entire operating systems of this church. It's restructured everything from the apostolic board to the eldership, to the staff, to the church, down. That's what a word does. The gospel grabs you by the short and curlies, goes, hey, what? I'm Jesus. And this is my church, and I build it my way, and here's the life. You're going the wrong way, Simnor. Now let me show you, because I love you with all my heart, and I want you to love me. So I'm going to show you my purposes that you've been limited to, that you haven't known. And I'm going to spin you and show you why. So you can lead a whole lot of people, not to the lost, but to me, because they haven't got a clue who I am. I can see. Because I know my own heart and I know the frequency that I'm looking for and hearing. I'm looking, going, I don't yet see here what He's showing me in the Spirit. I haven't seen it, but I believe all things, hope all things. I don't put my faith in what I'm looking at. I put it in the Spirit realm and believe God is going to build us into that image. Because I'm not looking. Man, if I look at what I'm seeing, I'm gone. I'm quitting. It's too hard. How long does it take, God? As long as it takes, Greg. (laughs) You're not building it, so why do you even care? It'll happen on my time and my agenda, but will you serve her and lay your life down for her and tell her what she needs? But what if they don't listen? Then who cares? That's not your responsibility. That's mine. I build it. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Who told you to run around having meetings trying to mobilize and motivate? The church did. Yeah, it wasn't me, was it? No. Man, this will challenge you to the core. The gospel message challenges you to the core. It comes to kill yourself. And it comes to bring you into a life that you were born and created for, that we were created for, that you cannot fundamentally find in you or through you or through someone else. You have to lay your life down and go, you know what? I come with Jack. I come with nothing. And the only thing I come with is the revelation I've truly got, which is filling me, which creates a substance in me that is solid. And so if I don't have that, I'm just covered by love. And that's okay. But don't think there's not more. Don't think there's a stability. If someone can rob you and rock you in your mind, then guys, you probably haven't got or received the gospel that's in you. It's probably just the gospel that's covering you. You can't rock Jesus. The truth sets you free. It does what it says it does. The problem is we're not in it, so we create it to suit ourselves because we're so afraid of not being in something we were called for. But he goes, it's okay. I love you, but stop living like that so I can bring you into it. And this is what the gospel does, see? It's not the words of Jesus died. It's the work through the power of the Spirit that brings you and propels you into a complete different kingdom. 
How did you get from darkness to light, guys? Yeah. You didn't just go, oh, I think I'll transition from darkness into light. It's a bit brighter over the side of the room. The Bible says he rescued you. You could not fundamentally get yourself out of the mud. You're stuck and you can't get there. In fact, the the gospel says, unless I draw you, you're even more stuck. You are completely helpless to help yourself. There's nothing good in you. But the value comes from me. See, your value and your worth comes from me, not from you. So you need to know you're completely stuck and you cry from the pit, the miry clay that you're stuck in. Go, help! But until you realize you need to go, help! You're going, I'm okay. And the gospel's coming and it's coming and it comes and it comes in the form of crazy people who speak crazy words, but don't try and understand in your head. Let the spirit go to work right now in your heart and do a work of conviction, not condemnation, conviction. So how do you hear the gospel? What gospel have you heard? Because it does what it says it does. And that is no lie. I'm going to finish with this. If you come down the page on 1 Thessalonians 1, you're going to see the impact of the gospel. As a side note, you know, in Acts 3, when 11, when Paul talks about the Bereans, and we all love that, oh, but the Bereans, they were eagerly seeking the Scriptures. And it's awesome. But you know who are the bad guys in that passage? The Jews that came from the church of Thessalonica. Okay? So it says, the Bereans were studying, but a whole lot of people who heard came to destroy the work that was happening in the city at the time, and they came from Thessalonica. Now, this is the church at Thessalonica that hear the word in word, power, Holy Spirit, full conviction. So obviously not everyone heard the word at Thessalonica, but some did. And then what you're about to read is the power of what happens when the gospel is heard and received. So if you come down to verse 9, actually, you're just going to read the whole thing from 5, okay? Spirit and with full conviction. That was the last thing. Just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you, prove to be. Be the absolute demonstration of the truth. Don't be a counterfeit. Don't be a hypocrite. Be the version of the truth that is because you've received the gospel, yeah? You also became imitators of us and of the Lord. So he's talking to the church at Thessalonica. Remember, there's a church that came, turned up, who didn't hear this word at all, and were going after the Bereans and what what the apostles were doing. You tracking with that? Not really? You're going to see the difference the word makes. That's what I'm trying to say. You're going to see the difference the word of God makes, because a whole lot of Thessalonians didn't hear it and were off trying to persecute the church. But listen what happens to these guys. Okay? So he's telling them that they're copying God. You also, you also, Thessalonians, became imitators of us and the Lord. You became imitators of God. Why? Because you heard the word. Are we connecting the dots? Having received the word in much tribulation. <laughs> oh, jeez. With the joy of the Holy Spirit, though. 
There was much tribulation going on, but you heard it with joy of the Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. You became an example, for the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you now. The same word they received is in them. It's performing a work in them. And now they are sounding it forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth so that we have no need to say anything anymore. The word is performing its work. It was spoken. It's happening. It's growing. You're now in one with us. You're doing what we did. It gets better. For they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you. You ready? And how you turn to God from idols to serve a living and true God. We don't have idols, God. We don't have idols. We're Christians. Anything in your heart that you place above God is an idol. Anything that has the centerpiece in your heart is an idol. God will not share his glory with another. You can't expect to have the fullness of God if you've got idols in your heart. That's why it's a heart issue. The great commandment exposes the heart. It gives you an MRI scan of what's really in your heart. So if you love something more than God, you have an idol. And it's the thing that you love more than God. And when this hits you, and if you've got it, man, you'll find true repentance, which you will break on your face, you will weep, and then you will get up and walk in an alignment because the gospel and the power of the word will come and set you free from that person or that money or that sport or that insecurity or that jealousy. Whatever it is that you have at the centerpiece of your heart is an idol. And it says you cannot enter the kingdom of God if you have an idolatry. Jesus said, sorry, God said to the kings, take the high places down. And 39 kings were given the same instruction. Do you know how many kings did it? Two. Two kings removed the high place. What is the high place, guys? It's the number one thing that you set up and worship that gets in the way of your relationship with the Lord. And the gospel comes and it comes to set you free of that high place. Do you know who really is living in the high place? We are. It's called the God of little g, self. This is why we reject and resist the gospel, because self, flesh, rejects the truth, because it wants to live. And it must, in agreement with the Lord, go, I'm ready to die. But the gospel, if it's heard, brings us to that place of death. You see, what happens when you just give words, when you just give the words, when you hear the words of the gospel, Jesus came, he died, he rose again. Thank you, Lord, I received that. But there's no work. Then you've just made a mental agreement. And that's not enough to change you. That's not enough to have you living differently because it's a mental agreement. It hasn't been received in the spirit through a living conviction. It's still good but it's not going to do work. It's the work of the power of the word that is foolishness and a stumbling block to those of pride. That's what he's saying. The Jew didn't receive it because it was foolishness. Sorry, the Greek was a foolishness. The Jew was a stumbling block. 
because it doesn't come the way you think it comes. How can that be? That can't be the gospel, so let's create another one. It's called the prosperity gospel. It's called the grab it and claim it gospel. It's called the have a nice life gospel. Have you heard about it? It's out there and people are living it and preaching it. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ that says, you know what? It's time to die. Because unless you die, you can't have life. You come to me, you've got to leave you behind. But I have a promise and I have a life and I have the fullness of life for you. But you can't incorporate me with all your other gods. You can't bring your gods with you. It's me or nothing. Now I will cover you because I love you. Aren't you grateful that if you're in idolatry today, that you're grateful His love is covering you? Aren't you grateful you're born under this covenant? Man, I was when I discovered this stuff. I'm so grateful. I wasn't zapped because I said one thing, did another. I professed to love him and I didn't. I loved all these other people, man. Those people got zapped. So he gives you this grace, this empowerment gospel to go, come on. You've got the same heart they had. Don't think you're any different to them. You're the same. Why? Because you're all of the flesh. You're all Pharisees. You're all of the flesh until I come and do a work. They're not funny clothes people. They're people that try and live by the flesh that haven't yet known who I really am. So let go, stop resisting and rejecting me and receive me because I love you and I come to do a work in you and I come to build you and I come to take you and all your issues, which I love because I love you. And then I want to change and I'm going to give you my beauty for your ashes. Wow, what an offer. Because your heart and your spirit hears a frequency that goes, I've been looking for that my whole entire life. I was 29. I was looking for it my whole life. And I find it at the place of being broken, trying to maintain this life. And he loves, and he loves, and he loves, and he loves. He loved me in this submission. He didn't tell me you have to. He just loved me. Love crippled me. Wrecked me, man. Love Let him love you. Let go. Let go and let him in. I knock on the door. We go, oh, here's a message for the lost. It's not, it's for the church. Read the book. This is our back to front we've got. We say, oh, the lost people need Jesus. The church need Jesus. We think we found, we think they're the ones lost and we're okay. Really? Man, it's just one progression of coming to know Him. They just haven't been reconciled. But do you know Him the way you want to know Him? Do you have life in you that bubbles over? Do you have living waters coming out of you yet? If you haven't, man, you need to know Him. Not because you have to, because He wants you to. He wants you and I to experience what He died for. He wants you and I to know your value. He wants you to know your worth. He wants you to be the demonstration of His life. He wants you to know His power. He wants you to know love, maybe for the very first time, that builds you and separates you from another human that you're looking for it in. We look for love in all the wrong places. Man, the world knows it. They sing about it, but they continue to look for it in all the wrong places. But even we do, guys. 
If I just get married, that'll be it. If I just get this, if I just get that. If I, no, if you just get Jesus and more of Jesus and learn from Jesus, you'll have eternal life. For he said, in Christ was life, and that life was the light of all men. It's called the gospel, and the church must receive the gospel the way the gospel was intended to be received through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I hope you've received the gospel And if you're willing this morning to repent, why don't you stand and say, you've got me. The gospel got me. The gospel found me out today. Yes, that's me. I do love other things more than. I do love me. Why don't you be brave today? Because see, the gospel calls for brave and courage. The gospel is going to, what you get saved to, you're going to live to, guys. If you don't get the real gospel, you won't live in the real world. You'll be hiding in your workplaces. When they ask about what's your faith, oh, yeah. What did you do on Sunday? Oh, yeah. Not a lot. You see, you need the gospel to live. If you're going to be a representation, if you're truly going to be sons and ambassadors of Jesus Christ, you need the gospel. You can't do it. You'll shy away. The conversations, they're too big. You'll lean back. You'll go, oh, no, I'm scared. That's not the church. The church is to be bold and courageous, yes, sensitive with the Holy Spirit and with wisdom. But what you get one to is what you will live out. I hope you weren't one to a limp gospel. So why don't we stand? If you go, be bold and go, yeah, that's me. I'm committing idolatry here. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. We stand together. This is not a competition, guys. This is not us and them. This is us. This is just us. We are sons redeemed by the blood of the Lamb for the life of the Lamb for the love of the Lamb. But we must be in the Lamb's ways, in the life of the Lamb. Otherwise, we'll come short of the glory of God. It's not just about my sin. It's the glory in the church, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We'll come short of the Christ in us, the hope of glory, because we've fallen out of glory, and God wants to redeem us through the power of His Word, but we can't have other lovers. We can't have other things. Otherwise, He will not share His glory with another. And so what we're doing today is saying, Father, Thank you that you're making us aware and we know and we're recognizing it. He loves this. You recognize it, you acknowledge it, you repent of it, and you receive new wine. This is the process of God. It's not condemnation. It's true conviction. And so, Father, let's just all say this together. Father, today we we recognize our true state before you and you love us unconditionally. That's how great the gospel is. You love us in our state. And God, we acknowledge it today before you. We acknowledge that we have other things in our lives that take our lives. And we also acknowledge our absolute dependency on you to set us free. We acknowledge, God, we cannot change our own lives. We can't. So we acknowledge that. Now, I'm just going to ask you, either out loud or in your own breath, just to acknowledge what it is. You'll know what it is. There might be a list of things. That's okay. Name them. Let's have two or three minutes. Just name those things under your breath, out loud to Him, whatever you're led to do. You're acknowledging the idols in your lives. Let's do that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you love us. Man, your love is so kind, it's so gentle, it's so long-suffering. But it comes to discipline us into life too, and you love us, so you discipline us. 
So God, right now, we, we acknowledge the things, the idols in our lives. And God, we utter a repentance. You've already forgiven us, so we don't ask for you to forgive us. We just acknowledge that our, our, these things that do not separate us from you, you've come, but they're limiting our life. So Father, right now, we repent in Jesus' name. We thank you that you've already forgiven us, but we confess them before you, God. We confess that we may have wives or children or money or sport or career or anxiety, worry, jealousy, insecurity, Father, pride before you, God. We repent of it now in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would go to work right now on behalf of us all, Lord, that you would go to work and bring revelation Father, that we would receive fresh manna from above into us, God, that would build us, that would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear who we are in you, who you're calling us to, your true will, Father, for the body of Christ, not as individuals firstly, but your true will through the power of revelation. Receive manna from above right now, church, in Jesus Christ's name. Father, I pray for a fresh anointing of your power. I pray right now the wind would blow in and blow into us. Lord, that Wellington wind that we're known for, God, would come and blow a freshness into our hearts and our minds through your power, Lord. The wind of the Spirit that we can't see, but we can know, experience, feel it, God. We can experience wind and know the power of it. So blow us. Blow us, God. Blow into us as you breathe on your disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. God, I pray you would breathe life again today through your power, your resurrected power that rose Jesus from the grave. May it be in us now in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. And be bold in Jesus' name. When you leave here, be bold and courageous. God calls us, he's the lion of Judah. Yeah, he's the lamb, but he's the lion of Judah. Be a lion in your workplace. Be a lion in your schools. Be a lion wherever you go. Be a lion in your houses. Be a lion in your marriages. Be a lion in your families. Be a lion as well as a lamb. Father, I just acknowledge and thank you for the divine work that you're doing in this house, in this church called The Rock. I thank you that it's a divine work. It's an eternal work. And Lord, as we just continue as a family to love one another as you have loved us, to cover our sins, God, to cover our lack of faith as we cover people and call them up and call them forth to see them as you already see them, not seeing them as in their flesh, but seeing them in their spirit as you see them, God. Father, we will be a church that love one another. We will be a church that carry the burdens of one another. We will be a church of praise. We will be a church of prayer. We will be a church of the word. We will be a church of common union with God, fellowship. We will be a church that breaks bread and drinks the wine, the new wine, the sun. We will be a church that learns from you, God. We will be who you've called us to be, and we will be perfected in love. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Awesome, guys.